Radio Mano Papachango. Chris, it's Leah, and I am currently in Pullman, Washington, where I've been for the past year or so. I'm over here waiting for my wife to finish up grad school, and she has one semester left. So as soon as we're done here, we're going to take off and do some traveling and hopefully, you know, move to Portland. That's the goal, but we'll see. And, you know, I've just been hanging out today, cleaning the house, listening to your podcast. I just finished the one with Carly shortino i think is her name really enjoyed it she's awesome she's super hot i love the podcast um and my friends just brought by some mushrooms for my wife and i as a late wedding gift uh shout out to bed and mary they also listen to this podcast great friends and so i think tomorrow i might take some we'll see how that goes thanks for everything you do man love everything you put out keep on keeping on Hello, Chris. This is Jay calling you from central Pennsylvania, a little town called Ramsey, not too far northeast of Belfont. Actually did a nice hike today, about 10 miles. Didn't see a single person. It's a Saturday. It's beautiful out. There's a lot of beautiful things about uh, central Pennsylvania that a lot of folks have no idea even exists, which is great for me. I'm about to open up civilized to death and i'm excited to break that book open of yours so thanks for that uh it's a crazy world out there these days but uh it's not too hard to find the beautiful places just gotta look a little harder best to all out there thanks for what you're doing peace thank you so much uh for those little snippets I got a bunch of them. Um, I've been bad about playing them because, you know, I've been doing these podcasts like sitting in the van and I don't really have a good office set up. And it's just like, ah, just get it up there and post it. And I'm nor- normally sitting outside of Starbucks somewhere worried that the Wi-Fi is going to cut out. Anyway, all of that's a long-winded way of saying I'm going to start playing more of these again. Um, and that... Uh, my not playing them over the summer is in no way a reflection of not being into it and, and not loving to hear from all of you. So thank you. Uh, great to hear from you in Washington and central PA. I grew up in, well, I was born in central PA and grew up in Western PA and spent a lot of time in central Pennsylvania. And, uh, he's right, man, there's some beautiful spots there. Those mountains are just awesome. And right now they must just be on well, I won't sit on fire. Um, <clears throat> look like they're on fire in terms of the changing leaves. In the West, of course, they are on fire. <sighs> what a world. What a world. Uh, this, is a, this is a strange episode. Um, wonderfully strange, as you know. You know me well enough to know that strange is not a negative quality in my world. Uh, this was recorded with... My friends, Jake Johansson and Belinda Weymouth, his wife, uh, when I was in L.A. a couple weeks ago, 
we went into Jake's man cave and I don't know what the hell we were intending. I, I think the idea was initially we were going to do a thing with just Jake and me as we had done in the past and then sort of co-release it on his podcast and on mine. Um, but I'd been wanting to to get Belinda on a podcast for a long time. So we're like, hey, wait, Belinda's on. Why don't you join us? So, And Jake and Belinda have been doing these um, Instagram live uh, things three or four days a week, I think, uh, for a while. So there, she sort of joined him on the social media thing. And as you'll hear, she has no trouble keeping up with the boys. And uh, Belinda is a fascinating person. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, I've been wanting to get her on the podcast for quite a while. Uh, she started a show called The Echo Fix, Um and she's an environmental activist and an educator and communicator. And um, she is trying to focus on positive news in in the environmental realm, <laughs> which is needed, obviously. Um, but it's it's also a, a tough it's a tough beat, right? You know, like trying to be upbeat about something that's that's so down it's hard but anyway she she got an interview with mark ruffalo uh, and that's on her channel uh, you can find that on youtube uh, i'll post a link uh to on my website um announcing this episode but also you can just search her uh youtube.com forward slash user forward slash belinda weymouth that's b-e-l-i-n-d-a weymouth is w a Y M O U T H. So you can uh, check out her interview with Mark Ruffalo and um, other interviews that she's got posted up there. And you can, of course, see her and Jake doing their thing. Uh, I think it's on Jake's feed, uh, Jake Johansson. You can find him, Google him. He's everywhere. He's, uh, you know, they've been good friends of mine now for a few years three, four years. And, um, you know, we talk, it's an interesting conversation. It's, we talk it about comedy and sort of the magic of comedy, but that's more toward the end. Uh, in the beginning we go right into like seriously politically incorrect stuff. I, I forget what it was that we, that got us into it, but my God, we, we get into all sorts of trouble, uh, <laughs> to the point that I thought, like I hadn't heard from Jake and Belinda for whatever. It's been two weeks since I saw them. And I thought, ah, oh, they just decided they're not going to, they don't want to post it because, you know, it was too risque. But I was wrong. I was wrong. They do. So here it is. So it's kind of, it's it's a weird hybrid episode. It's it's not really an interview. It's more like a, like a Roma with um, additional people. So, uh yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like you're you're at a dinner party with the three of us and this is this is the kind of nonsense that we talk about when we're together. Although we're not drinking any wine, so you know, take this conversation, add a bottle or two of wine, and that's what a conversation is like at a dinner party with the three of us. <laughs> so yeah. All right. I'm not gonna say anything else. I'm just gonna throw this up and um Hope you enjoy it. I, as I've been promising for a while now, I'm going to be doing some, some Romas, maybe even a Toma or two. 
Uh, for those of you who are new here, or I guess you don't have to be that new because I haven't talked about this for a while, but Roma is uh, stands for ranting out my ass. That's a episode where I don't have a guest. I just talk. I, I respond to emails. I talk about what's in the news, what's on my mind, what I've read recently, and so on. And uh, Toma is uh, talking out my ass, and that's um, travel tales. That's uh, stories about um, things that happened when I was traveling around, or not even traveling, just living in Spain, just different adventures and strange people I've met over the years. I enjoy doing those, but I I need to be in a certain kind of mental state for that to work for me because – this whole thing is so weird. This, 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 um, it's, it's such a strange thing. I just finished, um, doing, a, uh, an interview with some guys who are putting together, um, a podcast about Justin Alexander, um, who was a friend of mine I had on this podcast twice traveler, um, who ended up dying, um, in India. His body's never been found, but it's, presume that he was killed. Um, Anyway, most of you probably know that story. But, you know, we were talking about how people who grow up with social media, I think it's very hard to live your life without feeling that you are kind of starring in a movie about your life. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like when I was traveling um, intensely in my 20s, there was no social media. There were no like selfies. Like, yeah, you could you could put your camera on a rock and set the timer and go stand there and click flash. There's a photo of you. But, you know, I was I was using Kodachrome film because I fancied myself a potential, um, you know, artistic uh, photographer. And so I wanted the great saturation and all that, which meant that I was taking a slide film <clears throat> and then I'd take the cartridges and uh, carry them around with me until I got to a place with a reliable post office, let's say Bangkok. And then I would send them back to the U.S., to be processed. And I wouldn't see those photos till the trip was over a year, two years, whatever. So there's none of this sort of immediate, like, look at me. There's no film. You can take as many pictures as you want. You can edit them. You can change them. You can take a video and pull a frame out of the video and then apply the filters and then crop and do it all in your phone. It's a whole different world as far as, you know, the digitization of image goes. And along with that change comes a change in consciousness. And so I I think that, you know, in talking about Justin and, and what led him to push things so far that he ended up losing his life, I blame some of it on this sort of baseline narcissism that has been normalized by social media. And um, 
I feel it myself in terms of this podcast where I feel uh, a tension between, on the one hand, wanting to keep my shit as real as possible and uh, to to not live my life in a performative way and yet, on the other hand, to also have some um, sincere obligation to you, to people who are giving me your attention and um, who want to hear what I have to say, apparently. And some of you, I don't know, 5% of you maybe, who actually send me a few bucks every month to pay my rent and keep the lights on and put diesel in Scarlett Johansson and so on. So, I mean, this is what I do for a living at this point. And so it's it's a job and you have a responsibility to your job. Uh, it's not a job like fucking punching a clock and, you know, other shitty jobs that I've had in the past. It's a, it's a fucking honor to be able to make a living doing this. But I don't want to get to the point where I think I deserve it or where I experience my life as a performance. And um, it's it's a tension. It's definitely a conflict. And um, so when I go for a while and don't post anything, it's I'm kind of, all right, maybe I'm just lazy. Um, but on the other hand, maybe I'm preserving some sort of non-performative experience of my life. I mean, do porn stars ever just fuck, you know, or do when you're a porn star, do you lose the ability to just fuck? I mean, I knew all these models. I told the story in the last episode about, the woman who needed to have the lights off because she could not see herself if the lights were on. Um, yeah, this this performative um, separation where you're no longer living your life, you're now observing yourself living your life. It's a strange thing. And it's also reminiscent of what the Buddhists talk about, but in a very healthy way where you know, if you meditate enough, you get to a point, and, and you can get to this point with, in other ways as well, with um, psychedelics sometimes, or, you know, they all the paths lead to the top of the mountain, right? But you get to a point where you realize, like, I am not Chris Ryan, I am some entity that is observing Chris Ryan. That's the real me. Chris Ryan's speaking right now, but there is something that is watching Chris Ryan speak that is constant, that hasn't aged, that was the same 50 years ago when I was eight years old as it is now. But in the Buddhist context, that's a healthy egolessness. In other words, it's, it's, it's associating yourself with something that's timeless and non-judgmental and as calm as the sky. Whereas this thing I'm talking about in terms of media is the opposite. It, it looks the same. It's parallel, but it's the opposite because it's 
It's egofulness, not egolessness. It becomes like I am the show. My value is intrinsically tied to how many people download this podcast or how many emails I get or how if the comments are positive or negative or how many people are buying my books and if I'm invited on TV shows or if I'm, you know, how big of a fucking deal am I? And that's what I have always been very, very suspicious of. And so it's a, ironic in a sense that I'm doing this for a living because I never sought this kind of attention. And in fact, I am, I'm very hesitant about it. I'm very, it's like, I don't know. It's like a, I'm wary, very wary of this thing. I appreciate it, but I'm also wary of it. So that's why I say I need to be in a certain frame of mind to do the Toma episodes because I want it to be um, like a, I don't know, like a an egoless telling of a story that isn't about how cool I am. It's about honoring the opportunity to have had these experiences. I don't know if that makes sense. And so I need to be in a space where I'm really centered and grounded and calm and I can get out of my own way and just tell you what happened. I don't know. That's a long fucking... I said I was going to shut up and then I talked for 15 minutes. There you go. I am going to stop now. Jake Johansson and Belinda Weymouth, two of my closest, dearest friends. And uh, after you listen to this, you'll have a an understanding of why. I am going to play you out with a song that I just heard for the first time a few minutes ago. I watched the... Um, the video online and uh it's it's partly amusing partly heartbreaking i think i would have to say the song is called making do and it's uh it's spoken to the next generation and um check out the video it's it's interesting and uh, listen to the lyrics. It's called Making Do, and the band is Lake Street Dive. Thanks for listening. I'll be back before you know it. To the next generation, Merry Christmas,
Okay, it's turned on now. Fantastic. Isn't that exciting? Uh, I'm so excited. I'd like to call a roll call, if I may. <laughs> Are we going to go around the triangle? <laughs> yes, my name is Jake Johansson, and I'm a stand-up comedian. And a stand-up guy. And, yes, I'm a fairly decent human being, I would say. Why Why is it called stand-up comedy? Like, does no one sit and do comedy? Uh, or is that a different genre? Is, are there well, sit-down Bill Cosby often was sitting down on a stool doing his show, very relaxed. I mean, now, now of course, we, we don't... I, I'm hesitant to... Well, I, I didn't really hesitate. I just said his name. You blurted out uh, his name, and then you realize you shouldn't have blurted. It's he well, who should not a, be named in the comedy a, he's world. He's William really. Cosby. He's a relaxed, more sitting down. Yeah. As you get older, you might want to sit down, but I'm not sure. I think it's just because most of the time it'd be somebody who's standing up, stand-up right. comedy. I'm not sure why yeah. that got to be the the, the designator. Yeah, it's kind of redundant. Mm. Yeah, Sorry, I interrupted your roll call. Look at that. You can't even get one person <laughs> yeah. on the roll call. So I'm present, and then my <laughs> wife is also here. Yes, I'm Belinda Weymouth. Say her name. <laughs> say her name. Say her name herself. Get her. Uh, I'm Belinda Weymouth. I'm married to Jake Johansson, um, and I'm uh, an environmental uh, journalist and communications person. A stand-up environmental communications person. Yeah, yeah. I like to do it standing up yeah. when I'm communicating about the environment. You well, should. You should it. also be wearing a white coat because then people take you more seriously if you're looking a little scientific. I've seen you do sit-down environment, environmentalism before, but wait, mm-hmm. there's a third voice here. Who is that man? Uh, I am Christopher Ryan, also known as Dr. Fur to some. <laughs> That's become my, my Dr. nickname. Dr. Dr. Fur, yeah. Mm. I, also, I noticed yeah. that, because uh, I had called you Chris quite often, and now when you called me the other day, or texted me the other day, it said, uh, Christopher, do I want to change, update your your listing to include your photo and your name and it changed your name to Christopher new phone that's all it is uh, you're not yeah. going more formal on us no 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 I don't give a damn I've never cared what are your pronouns <laughs> yeah yeah before we yeah. go any further yeah. please yeah no it's funny uh, names I, I have a thing about names I, I I feel like people who really care that you get their name right are probably people I don't want to hang out with. Mm. You know? It's like, no, it's 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 Jonathan, not John. Like, oh then fuck off, Jonathan. It's a little it's a little precious. Like who gives a shit, right? Like your name our names are picked out of the Bible, but uh, for the most part, they're they're from a list of accept, acceptable names. You know, your parents probably looked in some book of like what are the name most common names? I mean, Jake, Belinda, Chris, who gives a shit? If your name was watches the sun rising from the east, okay, that's cool, that's poetic, and maybe it matters, right? Like Native Americans, you get a second name as you become an adult that's based upon a vision quest or something important that happened to you. Our names are arbitrary. They're nonsense. You, you may well, as well course, be named like, Jug, you know, who cares? But it is your name, and you deserve to be called Who gives you a shit? It's your name and a hundred million other people's names. How many Chris's are there? I have three first names. Christopher Patrick Ryan. I don't have a single goddamn last name. But do you want to be I called Pat? Or Anderson of... Cooper has all last names. <laughs> do you want to be called Pat? 
What if I call you? Start I don't give a Pat. shit what you, you call me. That but is see, the point. But it's then how will nonsense. you know that I'm even talking to you? It's like that dog. You think that dog gives a shit what you call it? Or a cat, even worse? It knows what Cats you are like... say when you're talking to it by names. That's the problem, is you wouldn't know if I if I said, hey, what did... And you, how would you know that that was you? I, Olive doesn't know that her name is Olive. Now I'm talking yeah. about our sweet little dog who we're looking after. She, she just knows that we say Olive. Olive, and when we say Olive, you know, she, yeah. you know, perks up. But she's got no idea, yeah, that it's a, you know, that's what her name is. I think she had another name before she got Olive, and so that's why. Yeah, she's not as responsive to that name. Did you ever go by Tofa? No, that's Thank God. silly. Thank God, Chris. Is that, is that, God. Is that where that comes from? Topher yeah. is from Topher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Topher. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. I now all those Tophers are douches, right? Yeah. I, I <laughs> well, it's like Fanula has that thing about any name that sounds like a frat boy. You know, Chad, yeah. she's really down with Chad, you know, not down with Chad Lee. Or, and if you came in and said your name was Topher, she would have probably laughed Rolled in your face. Eyes, because, yeah. oh, she, yeah. That is not cool. I'll See, tell you I another weird. Topher was the name, but you know, no, nope. that's a tough one. Here's another weird thing about names. My experience with names: no one has ever gotten my name wrong and called me John or Jake or Bill or. It's always Steve. If always anyone Steve. gets my name wrong, they call me Steve every time. Really? Yeah. It's That's, the weirdest thing. And huh, I, I didn't look at you and go, you're a Steve. You know, when I first came here, you know, Belinda is not a very common name in America. Yeah. It's, you know, Melinda. Belinda seems to be very much, you know, sort of a, you know, Commonwealth or Southern Hemisphere. You know, if you're in Australia, yeah. South Africa, you know, whatever. So I get people calling me Bettina. Now, I'd never heard the name Bettina. So I thought they were calling me Patina. And, and I was like, I'm not the shiny surface <laughs> On the piano, and then how would you go from Belinda to I'm just busy yeah. to the piano to Bettina? I mean, I just and then it was you know Bettina B E T T I N A. I didn't like that. I have to say. I mean, I yeah, you know, yeah. She's we're different than you. Chris. See, we'd yeah. like to be called. We'd like to be called by our name. It just our, it, our it's actual just pretentious. Name. When people it's, say it's Jack instead of Jake, I always feel like, look, I, I just can't listen to Jack for the rest of my life. I need, <laughs> I need to fix that. Also, Belinda. I mean, come on. Why can't you just be Linda? Huh? What? You're so special. You got to have it a second syllable. A B. Really? I try to get. <laughs> wow, he is really <laughs> going for it. Yeah, he is tough. I don't. I'm working out a bit here. Yeah. And what about like the NPR people? They all have two last oh, names. Oh, Kajon you know? Fermak. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, Kajon's and like you know. They're always these Hispanic ones, like Ocasio Cortez. Come on, pick one. And they this all, is America. All those NPR <laughs> people also not only do they have a lot of names, but they've all got weird speech impediments. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. There's like the it science is, guy who's got a cleft palate or something. Yeah, just these Michael Silverblatt, oh, the, the reading guy. I don't think guy. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong really? with it. Really? I'm not allowed to imitate them? Mm, I don't think you're but, supposed oh, to. Oh, there's a lady who does the architecture thing who's got a, who mispronounced, she's got a speech impediment, and the way she says her first name, and then if you call up the station to talk to her, everyone else says that, you know, when you say, I'd like to speak to Francis, and they go, Francis? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Francis. <laughs> well, that, see, now there you go. Oh, if, if you're dealing with someone who pronounces their own name wrong, do you then need to pronounce it wrong in order to be correct? Yep. In other words, is the person who is named the final arbiter on how that name is pronounced? Yes. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> if it's your name, you're allowed to tell people this is how I want you to say my name. But even if you have a slight speech impediment and you say it with a, you know, like a slight <laughs> right. lispy thing. So then are we making know? fun of you or just yeah, well, yeah. Then I, I think want. that you can, you At know, that point, I think you're going to get corrected if you go, Francis, <laughs> would you would you like some more uh, coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to see. We could, We've already you know. gotten ourselves into trouble here. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's so okay. early. It's all my right. We're going to okay. get out of this. You didn't answer the pronoun question. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are your pronouns? Uh, whatever the fuck you want. I don't see again. I don't care. I think these are these are things people get worked up about that are not worth our attention. Yeah. So what? Are, I mean, you know, I'm straight. I'm cisgendered. Fanula was mad at me this morning because we were talking about Elon Musk and his current partner Grimes, uh, and Grimes is a they. Yeah, and he doesn't call her that. Oopsie, I, ex- I just called her a her. I accidentally referred Does to Grimes Does that make their relationship polygamous? I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. You mean that even, even though there's two of them, it's a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> Every time is a three-way, uh, or more, or more, or more. Who or knows more. how yes. many they are? You know, I I agree with you, Chris. I think that there are bigger things that we need to be thinking about. But I do get the. Pro- I disagree. <laughs> oh, you love the Pronoun- pronouns. Pronouns are the most important thing. <laughs> Right now, in, yeah. in society, I yeah. mean, how could you? Yes, I, I know, I agree well, with do you. you. That was a joke. Part I don't really yes. think that they're yeah, more no. important than others. Yes. Do you think part of it is just that the things that are actually important that face us are so intractable and difficult to deal with that people turn their attention to these stupid little things because they seem more manageable? I don't think. Well, my theory is that everybody everybody wants power, and. A lot of the ways that you could get power, you have to get elected, you have to become popular, or maybe you get educated, you get a doctorate in something, you become an expert at something. Those take a lot of time. Right. But if you can just accuse people of making a mistake and hurting your feelings and now they're in trouble just because they called you the wrong pronoun, I mean, it's instant power. You've got instant power. you got them on the and defensive. I, and I feel like yeah. that's a lot of this is is just about I you... I don't know if you saw the original Popeye movie with Robin Williams or not, not no. the original, but the Popeye with. There's a thing in there where where the, these two characters in this thing. I think you owe, owe me an apology. No, you owe me an apology. I mean, that's the that's what it feels like is going on right now. Yeah. It's everybody wants everybody else to apologize, and uh, try, well, try and make up for the fact that you've hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're both onto something. I think the thing is, it's you know, you grab your power where you can, but I think that the other things that are going on in the world, like you said, Chris, they're so intractable, they're so huge, and we seem to be having very little impact trying to change them as citizens. Mm. You know that then you latch onto these things that are easy. So by proxy, you're fighting a bigger battle on a little battlefield over here. You know, we're really we should be dealing with the big things. You know, we should. You know, we've now you know got a. Supreme Court justice, you know, that's going to be a fight. You know, we've got climate change. We've got a pandemic. I mean, there are so many things right now. 2020 is, you know, sort of, you know, hashtag, you know, <laughs> pandemic, you know. Um, but but it, it is a distraction. It is a distraction from, from bigger, more important things that right. we should be using our brain power to think about. Not and, to and not divide to, and conquer. Not to they, it's not. It's not a distraction to they. Hey, as a former English teacher, that really bothers me. You know, to they, yeah, it can't, it can't happen. No, it, it seems, it, it seems has to be crazy to, them. to me too. Yeah, 
but this is but this is how the world changes and that's when you know you're old when you you just like I can't I don't even understand what we're talking about yeah that's I, yeah I don't know I, I I understand that but I've always been impatient with this stuff mm. political you know? correctness yeah I, I don't know I was talking to someone recently about Burning Man and I said you know the last place I would ever want to do drugs is in a fucking dusty desert with a bunch of dirty hippies and he said ah it's because you're old and i was like no dude when i was 19 you could not have gotten me to go to a dusty desert with dirty hippies and do drugs you'd like to go to a beautiful jungle waterfall yeah Yeah, like a little stream in the forest or Mm -hmm. with some nymphs as opposed to dirty hippies the whole reason that they went to the desert in the first place it was because they that was where they knew that no one would hassle them and now the cat's out of the bag. Everybody wants to go there. It's like, why yeah. don't we hold this in Hawaii? Right. It's, I'm with you. And they're getting hassled left and right. The cops all over the place pulling people over. Yeah. You know, you get cops. you get like a $2,000 fine for smoking a joint at Burning Man? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Are you kidding me? No, it's crazy. I thought Burning cops Man was are actually in allowed... California. No, it's in Nevada. Yeah. Hmm. It's in Nevada. But the cops are allowed to walk around the actual site of it. Yeah. And ticket and, people? And they're watching with uh, telescopes. So they've got agents walking around pretending to be hippies, and they've got other guys with, you know, telescopes watching. They've... So, seriously, that yeah. when I was, I went to Burning Man one time, and I couldn't believe it either, right? I was like, everyone's tripping, and you're saying we can't smoke a joint. And he's like, you got to, like, go inside a structure to smoke the joint, because they're looking for the lit end of the joint, and then they'll send the agent over and they'll bust you. They'll take you into town. It's all about money. They take you into town. You spend the night in jail. You got to pay a two thousand dollar fine. Then they'll let you come right back. It's it's oh it's, a, it's and that's ridiculous. A thousand dollars to even right. get into Burning right. Man, and, and you you've made all your outfits. You know, you've sewn all your outfits. Right. You've got all your you've feathers all your, stuff well, that's going why on. And if know. I ever go to Burning Man, it's going to be a feather and a banana hammock that's what i'm wearing yeah you're gonna just go loincloth and yeah but i'm not going to burning man it's too hard to tell the real hippies from the fake dirty hippie the the (laughs) narky cop hippies oh that kind of dirty yeah (laughs) well now you've got all the uber rich people who are going and have got you know they've got their own little enclave (laughs) they're not even trying to be dirty hippies elon and they are going yeah they they sure are they are all there and i have to say i i know yeah some people who do that and yeah i mean they're getting their you know you flying know, their fleet, you know rich freak flags and they think it's great <laughs> i mean i did that you know festival stuff years ago so i already did all that crazy you know go to the festival hang out for four days you punched you know, that card did you being, yeah yeah, yeah. We, so in new zealand we had these there were uh, music festivals and i happened to go with the lawrence family and they were pretty um they were some hippies and Susan Lawrence was really fantastic. She lived in a teepee on a beach in Northland. And when she went to Sweetwaters, she just did what she did at home, which was, you know, she was naked the whole time. We had a great tent that had a really good view of the smaller stage. And everyone, and we had really good pot at our tent, grass, marijuana. And then we had a beautiful... <laughs> weed. Yeah, weed. Yeah, Let's yeah, go yeah. through all of them. <laughs> I, like how, I feel like you had me at pot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in case, in case any of our listeners, you know, weren't... But the, sticky, and then we had this beautiful naked woman sitting there, and so people just were like, you know, and I was fresh out of you know my five years at boarding school, Natawa Wellington Diocesan School for Young Ladies, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't been naked in years. No, so I was ready to get down. Are you oh. kidding me? I thought 
I thought private girls' school was you guys were all just naked all the time, having lollipops and <laughs> lollipops. <laughs> no, I think no. I saw that movie. I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, no, giving we each other spankings. <laughs> Well, there was a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, we had some traditions that you know mm. were pretty out there. They were, Can you know, they we were hear crazy, one? and they were. Well, we had this thing called Founders Night, and Founders Night was uh, the prefects who were the senior girls who were sort of in charge. We were basically it was a night of S and M. We were allowed to mm. torture younger girls. It's pretty light S and M. They walk down the hall and bang a stick on the ground like they were a pirate and then they'd sneak up to girls in bed and touch their legs over the blanket uh, like they were ghosts uh, <laughs> you know nobody we dragged chains over their bodies we had uh, one no, girl yes. who, oh who you dragged chains over their bodies <laughs> english boarding school they're actually having yeah. butt sex with these boys okay so you take was what there any of that to boys no no <laughs> okay. because no because it was lesbian stuff so it was way different sex. but but the thing also is that it was <laughs> Chris just asked a great question. <laughs> Do lesbians have sex? That's why I was such have a good student. Sex. Oh, have butt sex. Well, if the, once they get sick of all the other kind of sex that they could have, you bet they're having butt sex. <laughs> Come on. Once they get sick of all the other kinds of sex. Once they've been through everything else. Well, this know. is what happens. Well, what else is there? This is what happens to rock stars, I think. They've had sex with so many different kinds of ladies that eventually yeah. it's like, okay, well, now it's... I mean, if you didn't start off with men... You're gonna work your way around to them eventually, right? Right. Well, it's that yeah. You get high, and you know, and yeah, and there's an opportunity. To banana, um, bring me the thermos. (laughs) So yes, in comparison to what was happening to Tom Brown in an English schools where fags, if you were the fag, if you were the younger boy, yeah, some gnarly shit happened to you, and they were really allowed to tie you to teach to to heaters. I, not I, not as in gay, that's what they called them. In, in girls' schools, you were called crushes. If you were the younger one and you liked an older girl, you were her, she was your crush. But in boys' schools, in public schools, you know, private schools in England, the, mm. the young boy, would be he would be your fag and you could make him do whatever but, you wanted him to do. But that's not the derogatory gay slang? that. No, 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 just no. Because you would you would have to fag for him, which means do oh, chores and stuff. Yeah, it could oh. be a, yeah, it could be a verb. But yeah, it's a verb. The more and times now. you keep saying it, the worse it starts to feel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you're you know you're way maybe, beyond. Maybe Tom we'll Brown's never post this one. Yeah, <laughs> or you two okay. won't anyway. I don't know. How so much the idea is we're going to co-release. We're having a three-way, and we're going to co-release. Is that the yeah, plan? Co-release. Yeah, simultaneous <laughs> co-release. It's going to be great for everybody. We could try and do a simultaneous co-release. Yeah, I've been trying to you two into a three-way for years. I'm already, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> I love, I love that that, I think, that dead silence there. One, I'm still two, a, three. I'm still a thanks, but no thanks on that. Yeah, but, I think this is okay for our listeners. Would, yeah, I think we can. Yes, no, yeah, I, they could I, totally, I'm okay yeah. with the content of this uh, so far this conversation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and the Good. thing is, look, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know. So this was a different era, you know, and this is is what went on in private, you know, public schools. Mm. They're called in England, but in New Zealand and here, you'd call them, you know, a, they'd be a private school, which is spending a lot of money to have your kid tortured. Um, <laughs> which is basically what education is. I mean. You know, getting up at six o'clock in the morning, that's torture. Mm. Sitting in a room listening to some old person drone on about World War One, that's torture. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I have to say, our 16-year-old, when she started this, you know, her second year of high school, so she's a 10th grader, 
you know, she, we were talking about, you know, she did some pretty gnarly uh, online classes over the summer. It was a way to, you know, COVID, 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 what are you going to do? More school. Um, but she said, you know, this is really awful because she loves learning. And then mm. the way you get taught something and then the way they teach this world history, they have to memorize all these dates and all that really old school, boring stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, she's a smart, curious learner, contextualize it and make it fascinating. But, you know, what do you get one in every 25 teachers who's able to do that? I would like I would like a LARPing history class. You know, we dress up as historical <laughs> figures and play roles and it's like Abraham Lincoln has got to fight Genghis Khan today. You know, <laughs> not, I, not fight him, but to, but have a conversation between Abraham Lincoln and Genghis Khan about government. That was like the idea that we had the other day for, for marriages, if you were time traveling and one of you, you know, if you went back to Georgian England or you were a cave person. Yeah, you, know, you need some what, tips of like yeah. what's appropriate in a marriage. Like you can't just mouth kiss your wife in a restaurant in Georgian England, that's that would be outrageous. But you need someone to tell you that if you're going to be time traveling. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need a guide. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a lonely planet for time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. When in 1572, make yeah. sure you check out. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a Star Trek where Abraham Lincoln and Genghis Khan spoke to each other. Was there? Yeah. Bill and Ted, I think it was Abraham Lincoln. At, no, but not, was it Genghis Khan? I don't think it was Genghis Khan, but that's interesting. Was that the original Star Trek? Original, Shatner? yeah, yeah. It was this episode where uh, some superior uh, beings decided to have good and evil fight it out once and mm -hmm. for all. So they picked a bunch of like seriously evil characters from the universe and from the history of the universe where all these monsters and Genghis Khan was one and I don't remember who the others were but some of them were from other uh, species or other planets right and then they had they, they put them on this planet and then they picked like six or seven of the like good characters from history and it was like Gandhi and Abe Lincoln it was all these like old frail good people are you googling mm. this this is the savage curtainess episode it was uh, released march 7th 1969 um yeah kirk spock abraham lincoln and vulcan legend surak are pitted in battle <laughs> against notorious <laughs> villains from history for the purpose of helping a, uh, <laughs> a conscious rock culture's understanding of a concept he does not understand good versus evil yeah mm. huh. yeah so it's and like it's all these badass dudes against like some old frail the great thing orators. about this is you can pause this right now and watch this episode i think it's on i think all these old star treks are on oh, sure. amazon prime or hulu or something how did gandhi fight i mean i know he's got a <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something about the Gandhi. He can take a punch. He's not so good at throwing punches, but he can take a punch. And if he gets Gandhi behind to you, a knife fight. he will choke you to sleep. Gandhi is a tough guy. He's got those little arms. He can get right under your chin. I, I had a buddy who went to high school in Chappaqua, New York, which was a town founded by Quakers, right? The Clintons mm -hmm. live there now. They have a house there. Mm -hmm. uh, his high school football team was the Fighting Quakers. Ooh, <laughs> which is an oxymoron, right? They don't yeah. do it. They're pacifists. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, non-violent resistance. Not and really. Like, okay, instead of a football game this Friday, what we're going to do is we're going to have some oatmeal and we're uh, sit in a circle, and we're just going to think about we're going to think about the Let's things we have about each other. Yeah, yeah. Think yeah. about what it was like if we were winning. My how, college how, team was the Statesmen. 
That'll Ooh. strike fear into the opposition, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah. We're gonna fucking talk you to death. We're gonna, it's third and long. We're gonna debate you. We're gonna debate you. <laughs> yeah. It's third and long. I think they're gonna filibuster. <laughs> That's right. It's real long. Third and long. Uh, yeah, you said something else earlier that oh, that I wanted to comment on, but I can't remember. Yeah, whatever. Hey, there's a copy of Civilized to Death on the table right yeah, there. Yeah, look at book. you. I'm, I'm, I'm busy reading it. Belinda's already read it. I've oh, read it. I've recommended right it to people. Oh, We've promoted it on our so show. Nice. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. I mean, like, books are like kids, though. You guys mm-hmm. only have one kid, so this might not make any sense to you, mm-hmm. but uh, that you know of. Uh, my second book, I don't give a shit. It's amazing. Mm. Like the first book, you really care. First book is like, oh, it said something. It's uh, it's number eight hundred and something on Amazon, and oh yeah, oh it's up to two hundred reviews on Amazon. Second book, I haven't looked at Amazon in weeks. I have no idea how it's selling. You only get to do the second book if the first book is successful enough. Right. So you already had that success. Plus, with your first book. It kind of created, in a way, it launched a, a new life for you. In oh, yeah. A, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the stuff that you were describing last night and what happened after you wrote Sex at Dawn and people got a hold of it. I mean, that really... You know, what that was, was a, I describing? You were describing... Um, we drank a lot of wine. Women last night. who, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, we ate a lot of cheese. We drank a lot of <laughs> wine. A lot of we, cheese. A cheese went <laughs> right to my head too. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. That was yeah. the cheese talking. Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't me. the pool boy though. Sucking your blanc, you know, with a pair of you know, uh, swimming drugs. No, but the stuff the, I was talking. You mean the mothers and yeah, all the that? mothers? That was the, all before the book came out. That, okay, that was all earlier. Okay, yeah, so then the yeah. thing you were describing of the woman in Australia who sent you the photographs of herself and how oh, that women was felt after. Yeah, after. Yeah, and we have a yeah. friend actually who got you know she read Sex at Dawn and it changed her whole life you know so we have that's you know, great. Yes, yeah, sadly she divorced her husband and broke his heart, but uh, yeah. he's got a new she... love and he's doing great. And we're going to go to the beach good. with him on Tuesday, yeah. and she's got a new chubby boyfriend. That's <laughs> <laughs> good for everyone. Yeah. Hey, chubby guy comes out wet on that deal, right? What was he yeah, doing? He's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner. Yeah. yeah, but but I think yeah. yeah, your first book was so you know was a sort of a game changer, and you know was the first book Anya was saying last night that was really about you know sort of polygamy and you know sort of about like you know that you well, don't have to be polygamy, polyam, polyamory. Sorry, I knew that, yeah, I knew when I said, but it's polygamy. not really about either one of those. It, it's it's about I mean, if anything, ethical non-monogamy, I guess, is the the umbrella term. Yeah. Well, well yeah. you know what I found really interesting, and I know that you know maybe I won't say who the anthropologist just is but um uh the anatomy of love you but don't you don't want to piss Helen off the Fisher. anthropologist Helen Fisher. no 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 i'll say him because i loved i loved reading the the anatomy of love i thought I it was super it. interesting and when she was describing that you know that uh the thing with you know birds being get bought gifts of food the female by the male and that it is a transactional thing that you know like you know i take you out to dinner you know hopefully we'll have sex later that you know she's eating the food and the the guys already behind her having sex with her it's more of a distraction <laughs> oh, if I give you a nice little yeah, some, some, some flower seeds, you won't notice like you know some of yeah, the crazy stuff I like get a, up to behind it's you. It's like in fighting, you tap a guy in the head, and he puts his arms up, and then you hit him in the stomach. You know, yeah. so this is like you give her the you give her something to eat, and while she's busy eating that, you get around behind her, and boom, boom, hello. But I thought, okay, and then yes. it's over before you know it. I mean, yeah. if you if that, yeah, if I you think play a lot cards of, right, a lot of mating strategies are like like uh, well, so, oh, I'm finished, <laughs> hit and run. Yeah, but I I thought the thing about you know. 
you know, Homo sapiens sapiens in our earliest form that we really, you know, that it wasn't just men who, you know, spread their seed around as much as possible to get their genes into the next generation. Women also had multiple lovers and accepted gifts and gave sex because they needed resources too to look after all their children. Well, yeah, they want and to create some confusion about who the actual father is so no, that no, they no, will help out. Not even confusion. No, well, that, that is a that strategy. It took a... <laughs> that is a thing that goes on. Yes, that is. Yes, and I I do see that. But that's more my argument, and you're talking about Helen Fisher's argument of trading sex for resources. Well, that, but but also that if you had more than one, not just trading, not just the trading of sex for resources. No, that if you had more than one mate, more than one lover, then you you know didn't have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Uh, and that that was a real um, survival you know, strategy. And that's the thing that I think is really interesting about it. And the thing that we were talking about last night in our friend Roger's documentary about marriage is that, you know, marriage is a societal construct. You know, you talked before we were talking before about power. How do you get power? Well, how do you consolidate power wealth? You know, you marry it and then you've you know, you've got it. You've, you hold on to it. Mm. So, yeah, when I think about it that way, I could have done better. <laughs> I mean, I'm super yeah, happy. It works both ways, did, darling. Yeah, it's, so you it's have to occur to me. Did one of you marry up or down, or how did how that oh, work out? It was a tie. It was a tie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> a wash. It was a tie. But oh yeah, no, no, no there are times about... when when you might feel like you know you've married up, when I might feel you know I you know it's well it's when all I think about take. Jared Kushner, that's a guy who I'm like, wow, he really looked into the future. And made a choice that paid off for him. You think that's paid off? Oh yeah, I really yeah. Ooh. Well, also he's from a very wealthy family. You yeah, know, yeah, you know. yeah. I guess you're right. He's from a yeah. He is maybe from a he, wealthy maybe family. he pitched a tie too. And, and also, it's early days. I mean, it's early days for the Trumps because this is there's a lot more is going to happen than what's happened. So when I think of Ivanka, I I think of this question of like, is there anyone can for either of you? Uh, is there anyone that you find yourself sexually attracted to that you despise as a human being? Can you imagine mm. having sex with someone that you don't like? Not really. <laughs> I've I done mean... it. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. 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 Well, I have too. But, you know, I mean, everybody has. But did you think you liked them at the time and then later you're like, oh, this mm. guy's no, not so cool. No, you know at the time. You knew. You know, that, you know, that, yeah. And there might be a reason, you know, there's, you know, it's it's uh you know it seemed like a good idea at the time there were other extenuating circumstances too much cheese too much cheese well yeah um but i yeah i'm trying to think now if there's someone who i really would like to do but i also really despise i don't think so because to me it's got to be yeah i think when you think yeah i'm mostly I'm, i'm not interested in that kind of having sex with someone like that but there are people that have that strange repulsion attraction that Kimberly Guilfoyle when I was watching her do her speech there was just something about her and then knowing that she's both with Donald Trump Jr. and been with um, Gavin Newsom I was like I, what I'm she's sens- been with Gavin Newsom yeah, yeah. what, what, I'm, what yes. I'm sensing what I'm getting from her is is a is validated by this fact that you know, but she, it, it was, she's just, like she doesn't care. She, she doesn't just care. wants power this, and money. This, yeah. yeah. This crazy, when you watch her speech and Joe Rogan was talking the other day about this internet meme where they've cut together her speech where she's and the greatest day in the country of America. And then they cut to this 
beaver on top of this mountain just going, ah, ah. But she doesn't, to me, that kind of woman... I mean, I just don't get it. It's like it's she's a like a cake lady. You know, other she's, people's she just doesn't or, look or real. She's, or, okay, so know. what was Gavin Newsom doing with her? I thought well, Gavin Newsom was a substantial, smart dude. In the butt, Bob. So, I don't know so what he was you, doing with her. Can you look up in your box of answers? Because I think they were actually, <laughs> were they married? Were they married? Oh, well, that's, yeah. God. No, I know. It's really hard to sort of, yeah. yeah. It's hard to sort Coming of right yeah, up. get you guys, your, you know, you guys wrap keep your mind around talk, it. I'll, I'll figure this out while you're talking. And wow. and also, let's see a picture of her when she was married to Gavin. Because she, did she have that crazy Fox News lady look then? Because that... So she look, was actually married to him? They might they might have, yeah, oh, might have been Jesus, married. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I just when I I didn't even I couldn't even watch her speech actually. Yeah. Like, it was just too rabid, and you know I could sort of see yeah. a bit of it, and then I sort of had to. Who was the Fox News presenter who then? She used to be married to Gavin Newsom. Yeah, yeah, she was married to Gavin Newsom. Mm. Yeah. And then Gavin Newsom was like fucking his his assistant's wife there for a while. Yes, and then yeah, and that. I don't know who it was, but, you know, the first time I ever saw Gavin Newsom speak, and it was in an environmental thing, and, you know, I, I have to say, you know, when Bill Maher said that thing that, you know, when your wife is having sex with you, she's fantasizing about Gavin Newsom. I'm not, by the way. But I, he's, I love the voice. And he's, five years. They were married for five years. Yeah. And now, which Trump is she with? She's with Eric or... DTJ. Don Jr. Oh, Don Jr. Oh, wow. The worst. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> I've, I've, look, it's hard to pick the worst, isn't it? But, I mean, well, I you, look at Ivanka, and there's I have to admit, there's part of me that's like, I'd do that. You would? Sure. Really? Yeah, see, I... Melania, think... too. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, see, I, I just... There's but, so... but it's purely, like, aesthetic. It's... I mean, it's not purely aesthetic. It's also there's something, and maybe it's just because I'm an optimist about women. I, I just like fill in the blanks so with good stuff. Looking, I oh, think. I know, like, but I just assume someone that neurotic and constrained is got to be a tiger. If you get you through do the, right the thing? You, you get through the window, like mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah, it's, it doesn't work out that way a lot. A lot of times, you, yeah. you sort of hope it will. But yeah, I mean, like Ivanka, like get her, get her alone. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, you get on the dark side of it. Yeah, get her alone with Doctor Phil, yeah. and shit's gonna get real. I'm, I'm so gonna, when we're done with this, I'm gonna make a deal to save the Middle East. That's right. Yeah. She's gonna come out. Her hair's gonna be all messed up, and she'll be a Democrat. Uh, yeah. Well, I yeah. wish that you well, could turn her life. into being a Democrat. They're, yeah, yeah. Bring I mean, her over wow, to the if you could, that, what a, a service you would be doing for your country. That's what I'm saying. Do you think you sexually that? you might be able to uh, get a, a decent Supreme Court nominee through? Because that's what, that's what we're struggling <laughs> yeah, yeah. with now. And yeah. I feel like this is we're really in your yeah. wheelhouse. Your yeah. skill set. I'm not fucking I, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I'll but, tell yeah you that. this is the thing. You're going to have to do him. Somebody's got to. Jared, Melania, Ivanka. I mean, there's a whole you know slew of people no. Mnuchin Steve Miller when you go to prison Lindsey Graham you go to prison you punch you fight the biggest guy so you don't have to have oh, sex with all of Trump? these people you just have to sex. <laughs> you just have to pick the biggest the, the, the decision maker and I don't think it is Trump but no. I'm not sure who no. it is who you gotta wow. have sex okay. with Lindsey Graham's 
What's up with him? Well, he's of course completely walked back what he said in 2016 because he said the you know there's no, the um I think I think I uh, mean like Lindsay why well, what's up his, with him sexually? sexuality like, like someone's got tapes of him with the pool boy oh, and that's what's sure. going on like yeah. that's why he suddenly became Trump's not that there's anything fan. wrong if Lindsey Graham is into men. But I think he should just go ahead and admit it. No, there's nothing wrong with it unless mm. you're closeted and you're uh, victimizing homosexual it's rights. It's affecting your choices. Yeah. You know, and you're yes. lying. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're covering up for your own hang-ups and, and hurting other people in the process. That's yeah, you're, the you're, you're blatant, flagrant, you know, um, or hidden homophobia. It's not very well hidden. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm, yeah, no. I sh- I shouldn't say that, but, but I mean, also, if he's gay, his self, you know, yeah, homopho- yeah, homophobic loathing. That's where so, it comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get, you know, yeah. lance that boil, Lindsey well, Graham, is what I would say. <laughs> How's that for a euphemism, uh, yeah, everybody? It's, nice. it's a little. I like that. I like that you sort of made a pus explosion uh, with yeah, sex yeah, thing. Yeah, that yeah. Was like, I know. Oh. I and Lance that. is yeah. a good name for a pool boy too. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. For Lindsay's pool boy, Lindsay and Lance. Yeah. A nice little sitting in a tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Well, okay. I just I'm not going to picture you having sex with Melania and oh, don't, Ivanka I, because I don't know, like to. I don't picture people at having the same sex. time. I'm really? Trying not to. Mm. Oh, I do sometimes. I can't help it. Come on. You picture other people having sex with you or just... No, no, I'm picturing right now our friend Dr. Fur having sex oh. with Ivanka and Melania. At hopefully, the same time. Hopefully you have a three-way. I so. yeah. Because I know that you I like to really so get too. a lot of bang for your buck and achieve bang a lot. For your <laughs> bang. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was so bad. Oh, <laughs> scratch that, you guys. That was, this oh. is how you get the Supreme Court nominee uh-huh. you want. You're doing that. You're in a three-way with Ivanka and Melania, yeah. and Donald Trump walks in. Right. You get to do the next Supreme Court nomination. Yes, because you're in the position he's I'm always wished he could be. I'm the alpha male at yeah. that point. Well, I'm it's like, just like, listen, Donnie boy. Yeah, I, I did it first. This is a great story, and the only way you're going to stop me from telling it to Bob Woodward <laughs> is to nominate <laughs> this person for the Supreme Court. Right. Oh my God! And then imagine what that's going to do for your book sales. I oh, mean, that's going to be oh, so good. I can feel it. Oh, yeah, you, you might you might start to love the unloved second child. Oh, you know, I love because... it. I love it. I'm just not like that concerned about every little development. But oh, you know, what if you made a baby? What if in that three way you somehow <gasps> were? Yeah. Able what if to... I knocked them You're... both up? Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh my God, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, that would be little, really great. Infiltrate little doctors. The... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doctor for Melania. Talk about weird walk-in situations. Do you mm-hmm. guys know the story about? Uh, remember, Mike Tyson was married to Robin Givens. Yep. And you know, talk about a mess. And they he used to punch her, but he it was he didn't bite her ear. He bit Evander Holyfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got to yeah. keep her ears. Yeah. Uh, so they were separated, and one night he, you know, had one of those things that happens sometimes, and he decided he was going to go see her, so he drives through the house, and he's waiting. She's not home, and he's he's in the driveway, and then they, she drives in with Brad Pitt. 
Do you imagine being Brad Pitt in that situation? You're banging Robin Givens. You go back to the house, and there's Mike Tyson in the driveway. Oh, hi, Mike. But you did see Brad in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really give it to Bruce Lee, remember? Yeah, but that's acting in a movie. I know, I know. My favorite. I think he would have given anything to Mike Tyson. My favorite moment in (laughs) Thelma and Louise is where it's... He's had sex with the one of them, and now he's under arrest, and he passes the, the, the husband, husband yeah. and he kind of gives the husband <laughs> one, a little hip grind yeah. well, as hell? he goes by. I, I picture Brad Pitt doing that to Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't would turn out the same. Yeah, how's that no. going to work out for you? Yeah, no, it wouldn't um, be good. And Mike, good. yeah, and oh, that, Mike has that kind of uh, yeah, that voice that yeah. yeah doesn't sound threatening, but then you know what happens? Well, Brad Pitt, man, I mean that moment in Thelma and Louise, and I think the whole world was in love with him. I mean, men, women, everybody. Uh, not. Even a week ago, like four days ago, I was at the base of the cliff. They call it Thelma and Louise Cliff Mm. in Utah, where they drove the car off. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I happened to be going down this road, and this friend of mine's like, oh, if you just go down another mile, that's where Thelma and Louise drove the... It was interesting, yeah. Interesting. I want to watch that movie again. Have you seen it since it came out? I have seen it, but it's been years since I saw it. There's a couple of great lines in that movie and it's a, it's it, it's one of those movies that was really discussing some interesting things like like this love affair between the two women neither of whom was was a lesbian but they well, really loved each other they and, loved each other but it was a friendship it wasn't a sexual thing in the i think there was sexual tension at least from susan sarandon's character and i think also the thing is you know in really close relationships and maybe it's more comfortable for women than it is for men but yeah there's an amount of eros that's going on when you yeah. you know i mean i had a friend once who a, a roommate who I just was in love with. I mean, I just had, and, and I had a boyfriend, and you know, I never had sex with Sandy, but, and I'm not going to say her second name. I'm not going to do that, but uh, I know when to, you know. <laughs> if you're out there, Sandy. Yeah, when to hold drop us, a, drop the, us a line. Yeah, but the thing was, on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not my, my South African friend, Sharon Quinn. If you hear this, Sharon, you need to get in touch with me. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've even tried to get in touch with her on our Facebook show. Oh, but, yeah, but well, it's... you've been sent contact information I... that you haven't followed I up on. I know, but there are, right, there are get back to hundreds Sandy. of Sharon Quinns in the world. Why, wait, do? why do you want to call them up? Because the thing is, Sharon so Sharon Quinn. Quinn was from South Africa, and she was my friend when I lived in London, and she just was so fun. I just loved mm. her. And it was the same with Sandy. I loved Sandy. We had so much fun together, yeah. and we were young and crazy, and, you know, but, you know, and we had these two guy roommates who were, you know, I mean, we just had so much fun. We lived in this town in New Zealand called Wanganui, which is now called Fonganui. And um, it was my first radio journalism job. I was at 1ZH. No, it was something rather else. And I mean, I remember when I got this job, I was like, please send me to Wanganui. And, please don't send me to Wanganui. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's where I ended up. Um, I knew Wanganui quite well because it was near where my girls' boarding school was. And our brother's school was in Wanganui. So we were always trying to get over to Wanganui to be with the Wanganui collegiate boys. Um, but uh, think, so wait getting back to your original point about yeah, eros in yeah, female, eros relationship. female relationship so yes. Anya and I were talking about this recently in the van she said her, her thing was like um, women are attracted to men they admire and that uh, that, that sort of the, the natural expression of sexual desire for a lot of women 
is really tied up with admiration. That's why I asked you guys if you could be attracted to someone that you really didn't like. You I know? really admire Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, and then the well, other like, one. Can you hear her? I can kind of hear her. You're, you're so you're far a bit from quiet. Mike. Yeah. What, what, what are we doing here? I'm just Mike trying to help. Getting we, yeah, I'm trying olive, to help our little olive, our little. Have a little goat shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Olive, do a nice little goat-sized pellet out there that I'll be able to pick up easily Oscar, with a baggie. Oscar Wilde said, women fall, women learn to love men they are. Oh, wait, now how do you say this? Women learn to be attracted to men they love, and men learn to love women they're attracted to. Yeah. It's a little yeah, trite, but yeah, I think it, there's something to I that. I get it. Think of how many men are with a woman, and you're like, dude, and you say, oh, she's so smart. You're like... Yeah, dude, come yeah. on now. Yeah, no, you it's know. the great pair of girls on it. Yeah, yeah, and or there's, <laughs> <laughs> or there are women. Sorry, I'm allowed to say that because I'm the only woman here in the three way, so I can say that. <laughs> if you guys said it, it, would be creepy. Being the only, <laughs> yes, of course. And also, yeah, we've just like I've never said that. And right? we've also we've got a, we established it right in the very beginning of this podcast that we're you know down with being politically correct. So yeah, there you go. No, say what. But, but yeah, I don't. I don't real. think. That you have to learn to love the person who you admire or who you're attracted to. Um, well, well, you're 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 arguing the the man side, the man of, side it, of it, so you can't really speak to whether the veracity of that side. I don't think. No, I have to speak to my you, side of it. But well, I was I, I was actually I, yeah, trying I mean, to say it, but do you see, I said it incorrectly because it doesn't make sense to me. Like when I fell in love with you, you know. I mean, I've got to admire you more as it went on you know the thing that's interesting about you so you're you know super accomplished yes what is as interesting about me? You know, there's only one thing finally, apparently no, finally no, no. the and thing when, and when she's finished i'd like to know what you think is. what's the thing that's interesting about me i'm next okay no what but, is the but, thing but the fact that you were that you're so good as a comedian you know is definitely yes. you know there's a ton of sex appeal with that and it's an aphrodisiac and all that kind of stuff but but the thing is that wasn't what made me Oh, but that's kind of funny because I did say that I needed to see your HBO special before you could have my telephone number. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you why, Chris. Well, you didn't say I'll that. tell you why. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yeah. If you've got an HBO special, I need to see it. No, I'll tell you why it was. It was because when our mutual friend said Jake would like your telephone number, I knew he was a comedian, and I thought, oh. God, imagine if you're going out with someone and then you go to see their comedy it's and it's not funny. Yeah. And it would be like it was a, if it was well, a musician to, 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 to me. You, to but you, but, yeah. but, it's not but your then style. what happened was I didn't have to watch the whole HBO special to know that you were funny and that I was into it and you could have my telephone Wait, Had number. you met? We had met, yes. We'd, yeah. We had, yeah, we had mutual friends. We had mutual friends and so we met at a my friend John's acting class group was that was Belinda was part of that and so we met at one of the one of those people was in a play not Belinda but she was there watching and then everybody went out and had drinks and something to eat afterwards and I ended up sitting next to her and we had a fun conversation and I was attracted to her but then I turned around she was gone she kind of did the Irish mm -hmm. goodbye or whatever she was just gone and so I asked another style. one of the group who I knew was 
close with Belinda if she would do me a favor and ask Belinda if I could get her phone number. Right. So it wasn't that you were afraid to ask yourself. She just wasn't she there. She was gone. And so yeah. the only way I could figure out how to get it was that way. Right. And, and now when we recount the story, I realize it makes me sound, you know, slightly like a, well, not a snob, but the fact is I've been sitting with you, so we were having a nice conversation. Just, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, but you still wanted to see the special. Yeah, well, I kind of did, you know. But, you know, and it, uh, you know, yeah, however you that reflects on me, away, I don't care. You can't you know? just be giving away your phone number to any jackass yeah. who sits next to you and makes you laugh for a few minutes. Who has I an mean, HBO special. Jesus. It has you're to be a good any, HBO you're special. You're not going to get any work done. Anybody <laughs> calling you all the time. Maybe you want to go out. You're not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> he actually had two HBO specials two. at the time. So the fact that I was like, you know, well, you I mean, really and truly. Yeah. But, but, but the other... Yes, really and I truly. I know, really and truly. I mean, you know, who did I think I was? But, you know, they, there we go. I mean, look, I do ask myself that question quite often. Who do I think I who am? Who does she think she is. Yeah. yeah. I'm out yeah. here in the office by myself like, yeah. WT fuck. Yeah. yeah. What WT. is she in there doing, that woman? Yeah. Yeah. I'm married so to. So did you need to see her HBO special before you agreed to go out? No, I didn't see her reel. I didn't even see an 8x10. I had no idea about her resume or success. Um, you just were going by the initial, just, the, the it, attraction. Right. No, like, when like we got married, girl. she had such a shitty car. Um... <laughs> That uh, my Volvo. Yeah, no, I mean, but this is a thing. Women often, I mean, guys will get some ridiculous car because they think it helps them to get girls interested or oh, women interested. No, because, I've never had a... because it's a signifier. Like if I'm driving this, imagine the, what I yeah. got in the bank. And women, women, it's almost like the crappier. If you see a lady in a nice car, you're like, well, I don't have a shot at that. Right, she's got a. She's a, already got a, a benefactor. <laughs> That's, oh, come on. That's a bit sexist. But, that is totally but no, sexist. But you, but makes, you, you know, either say she's already got a boyfriend or she's doing so well that she's not going to be interested in me. Like, I'm dri I'm driving this mm. eight-year-old pickup truck and she's going around in a Range Rover. I don't think I'm going to... She's not going to be interested. Oh, my God. That's so funny because a friend of mine who, who was driving around in a Range Rover, you know, that was bought for her by her daddy. You know... Yeah. I mean, I bought my own car. You may think it was shitty, but I bought that baby. No, I'm I'm very happy with what how things have turned out. <laughs> so I did you like ever I, did I you ever say what was interesting about Jake? I feel like we interrupted. No, you, you didn't really. Besides my sense of humor, but you as as you come you've to come know me, to admire what him are some more of the deeper with time, things about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the I mean, the thing about the comedy. Is in the beginning. I mean, that's your sort of superpower. And in the beginning, it's not that I took it for granted. Um, no, I mean, the, the thing about you that's the, you know, you have that, and that's definitely incredibly attractive. Um, and then I suppose it's the Midwestern thing in you, because I remember when Lara said that when we were getting married, she was like, oh, it's really good that you've chosen someone from the Midwest. She was from the Midwest, so she was, you know, a good, solid Midwestern person. Well, Midwest, it's associated with people who are honest and have a, have some kind of character. So, some level of humility, which probably comes in really uh, handy living in L.A., being in show business. Well, no, I would disagree with that. Really? I would say I would say it's a, a little bit of a handicap because uh, the people who I see who are most successful in showbiz, not not all of them, but a, a, a common characteristic of people who are very successful is they have this 
ridiculous self-belief and right. ambition and that nothing is beyond their capability yeah. or their grasp yeah and they're they're good at everything and they deserve everything yeah now see my my point there wasn't to say that it was that it would be helpful in terms of uh, getting successful I was thinking it would be helpful in terms of dealing with success in terms of dealing with the ego enticements of showbiz that you have managed to keep your shit together and not become a douchebag. Well, I haven't gotten douchebag successful, to be honest, and I'm not, I'm not down selling myself, but my level of success, it, it's, it's, it's been easy to not get a big head. Um, and, and the times when I've flirted with that larger success, you, you quickly kind of become aware of how when you're in that position at the top of the pyramid of some creative thing, like you're the star of a TV show or a movie or, or, or you're the host of a big talk show, everybody's deferring to you and asking you questions and you can quickly lose your frame of reference because yeah. everyone is incentivized to make you happy. Right. You know, and it can be hard for you as a person who none of us are used to that to, to recognize, oh, these these people aren't always just agreeing with me because my ideas are great. They're agreeing with me because they don't want to get fired. You know, yeah. if you're hanging out with Michael Jackson and he says, I think this is, he's a bad example, but but uh, somebody who's Being less... dead and all? Well, and also the, the pedophilia. Uh, but if you're hanging out with somebody who's a big star... Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand says, I think... I think uh, you know, we should all have pizza tonight. Well, you're not going to you're not going to disagree with that. You're right. going to start helping her pick the best pizza that yeah. she's going to like the most. Because, yeah. and that and that's a lame example. But any kind of like, hey, do you think this is okay? Or what if I said this to this guy? People are going to be well. Yes, of course you should do that. Right. A rap album? Why not, Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> you ever meet Johnny Carson? Speaking of Midwestern, yeah, I was on the show several times with yeah. Johnny Carson. Well, see, that's enough. That's plenty. To get a big head. You've been on The Tonight Show. You've been on Letterman, like, you know, 87 times, is it? Like, you, you know, it's... 46, but when I was on the with... Most, I mean, that's a, the I mean the come most. on. How many, how many people need more than that? If you've got a tendency to be an asshole, having been on The Tonight Show, th that's plenty of fuel. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but you need to... I, I feel like you're, you need to be the top... Everybody, everybody has to think you're awesome... For you to be able to kind of live in that bubble where you're like, I'm the best, it's undeniable. And then anybody, somebody goes, well, what about, I thought that this movie sucked. And you're just like, you're wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Have you met Jim Carrey? Yeah. Yeah. I've met Jim. It's been a long time since I've seen him. Yeah. He's somebody really, I'd, I'd love to meet. I think well, he's a real person. Especially the way he is, uh, the way he is now kind of talking about his meditation and his kind of, yeah. the way he's got his head on right now. Um, he, he's dealt with that level of fame and, and deference, and, and he, he's come out the other side, I think. And that, so we had the same manager f for a while, and so I would see him in that office and in the context of we're both comedians, and I knew, you know, Jimmy Miller is, Dennis Miller's brother was Jim Carrey's manager and probably still is at the time that Jim blew up. And Jim was a, a very traditional kind of impressionist, you know, you yeah. do Clint Eastwood, and unbelievable, and then he started doing, he decided he was going to really do what he wanted to do, making the crazy faces and doing kooky characters and, you know, putting his hand in his shirt and puppeting, talking to, you know, he just really decided like this, I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh. 
dog has knocked the mic down. That's not a fun game, Olive. Um, and so there was this transition period where people people knew him as one thing. Yeah. I mean, he he was the lead in this sitcom called The Duck Factory, where he played an animator, and that and he was just doing kooky voices and impressions, and then he reinvented himself into the Jim Carrey, who then went on to to be the star of The Mask and that kind of crazy stuff, and uh, and I think that must have been very creatively empowering for him to kind of be what I don't know him well enough to know, but but be doing something that was very successful, but in his mind it was playing it safe. It wasn't mm. his real creative vision. Right. And then to embrace his creative vision and then have that be this explosive <laughs> kind of success. Yeah. And uh he, yeah. He told I, I listened to him on uh Mark Marin's podcast recently. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting call. I Mark Marin annoys me, but he d- gets really good guess. And uh and his conversation with Jim Carrey was interesting, and he talked about that moment that you're describing, mm-hmm. where he was doing well, but he didn't feel like it was really where he needed to go. And he, he I think it was at the comedy store, and he, he just went on stage and he said, so how's everyone doing tonight? Well, all right then. And it was like he he developed this character of like, I don't care how anyone's doing. I don't care how you react to this. I don't. This is just me doing my thing mm-hmm. and almost as if there's no one else in the room. And that was, you know, launching himself out into the <coughs> ether and, and you know, it turned out great, of course. And way more interesting creatively to really do your craziest thing that you want to do. I mean, yeah. when I saw him in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, you know, I was like, okay, that, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, I'd never seen anything like that. It was so fun to watch what he did. Was that the one where he's like hiding in the fake animal and he can't get out the door and he has to come out the asshole? Maybe. Have you seen that? I mean, it's like he takes all his van, clothes off. A van that looks like a dog. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or maybe or no, that was that might have been Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. No, no, it was one of the pet. One. It might have been because there was a second one, right? Yeah, I, I, I saw it in an airplane. I liked when he mm-hmm. when he did the reverse of the tape. You know, when he actually did it, the sound and the movements going backwards. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that that yeah. that is funny. Lunacy. But, but well, the, he's great. But let's get back to us. Yeah, let's get back <laughs> oh, to what's interesting about Jake. Yeah. So I wanted to ask because you were talking yeah. about like Jake's comedy being attractive and all that, and I uh, I had this experience. I've had it with you lots of times, but. Your your comedy, Jake, is so tight and so so that uh, last uh, show Thanksgiving show that you do at uh, what is it the improv the improv, yeah. improv right like that material so honed and it was as if it was like watching uh, a jazz uh, musician just play a one hour show or whatever it was an hour and a half whatever it was there was there was no break there was no pause there was no like you just like so anyway there there was no kind of like moment where i didn't feel like you had total control of the room and that you knew exactly what what the next beat was and i found that to be astonishing you know just as impressive as as watching a, you know some virtuoso like playing mozart for an hour or something without making a single mistake and I was wondering, from a woman's perspective, when you see a man with that much mastery over what he's doing, it's all like, does it matter what it is? 
In, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like so, like yeah, I'm no, asking. Yeah, so like, yeah, I'm the lady. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. A, Just let me handle this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a great painter or a great musician or a great mountain climber or a great athlete or a great comedian. Is it Does from it from your is? perspective? Is it like? Is, is like a rock and roll guitarist more attractive than a you know mountain climber or something, or is it just like that dude is really committed to his thing and he's nailing it and he's so good at it. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, the thing is, when I watch Jake perform, I'm like, you know, you're consummate. You know, you are so good at it. You know, and the oh, thing, boy. no, 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 but the thing, know, yeah, but let this your is just humility a go. Bit weird. All right. See, Why don't you a, go go take a piss and yeah, we'll talk yeah, about you? I'll go pee and you can talk about me. How about that? Okay, really, really, it makes you that uncomfortable. See, well, this, also, I, also, I have to pee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Please take care of that because we don't. There's, there's no uh, facility here. Um, would it matter what it was? You know, it's funny because sometimes, you know, I think he shouldn't be as humble as he is because he's so effing good at what yeah, he does. No, you, know, I he's, agree. you know, he's so good. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I don't, the thing is, there's something really fantastic about someone who makes you laugh. And the yeah. thing also where it, you know, where it bleeds over into our relationship is, you know, humor is a really important way that we deal with each other. And it's a little bit what you were describing, you know, with, you know, Anya yesterday at Costco and the stuff that you, you know, because the shit that Jake and I say to each other, and he did say very early on, he said, look, I just got to warn you, you know, I'm a comedian and sometimes I'm going to say stuff that's really going to make me seem like an asshole, <laughs> you know, even though he's a nice, you know, you know, man from the Midwest, I was yeah. going to say boy, but, um, but there's something about comedy. I mean, I suppose, look, you know, if it was, you know, if he were Nick Cave, you know, and I was the vampire's wife, I'd be like, okay, this is fantastic, you know, because music is super sexy. Um, I don't think... And then if it was, if he was an artist, you know, if he was... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of... It's not Ed Ruscha, the American who did the... Um, there was the movie about him. Ed Harris painted him, and he did, you know, it's the thing with all the ink, and he makes a big oh, mess. And, uh, uh, not Rothko. No, it's not Rothko. Oh, oh my yeah, I know who you mean. The, the splatter. Yeah, yeah, the, splatter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you were in... If your creativity got very self-involved and sort of <clears throat> singular and there wasn't space for me as his wife in there then mm. yeah it wouldn't be nearly as attractive uh. but to sit in an audience and you know have people respond the way that they do you know and the thing is I, I'm often laughing the hardest I think the jokes about me are really you know I find those funny um, there's something about the release of it and being in a room where everybody is having that as well that I that I've you know grown to really love in our relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I suppose it would be the same if he was a musician, not if he was an artist. Right. Cuz um, there's something primordial yeah. and direct about it. Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, Jake doesn't like to talk about comedy and how he does it, but you know, we had this conversation a little bit ago, you should still be peeing really, you shouldn't be here. You have to take a shit, Jake. Yeah, go take a shit. You got to do some goatees. I'm going to pretend I'm asleep. But but when you were describing the thing, because because I've seen his show so often, so I I know when there are you know words are taken out. You know when he's editing, and he said he does that every night, depending on the audience, because it's such a conversation. And I know I'm going to bastardize this and sort of do it incorrectly. You kind of, I feel like. 
I'm I'm the the authority on what I'm saying, but you're you're kind of really making it seem like it's much more of a calculated mechanical no, process, no, and it no. and it's not. It's a it's a much more organic, or, organic and communicative process. Right. I mean, it's like it's not like having sex, but you know, when you're intimate with someone, you 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 know roughly. <laughs> How it's all going to end, and how you get to that point <laughs> is uh, is is mysterious and different every time. Mm, but yeah. it's based on the feedback that you're getting from right. the other person in that sense. And and that's the thing about comedy. That's why Zoom comedy is is not mm. good. Is because when you're watching a comedian, it's you're you're watching you're being part of a conversation. You don't have anything to say, but he's talking to you and he's right. feeling the audience, or she's feeling the comedian is feeling. The audience uh, as the show what do you is going feel on. But, but, but the thing the is, what, I'm, what I just want to say though is, that I don't think it's calculated at all. It really is when you were saying before, like the jazz musician riffing, and it's so tight from beginning right. to end. That is how it is, and it is this, you know, invisible, unspoken, you know, thing. And no, you're not, you know, thinking. You're just, you know intuitively doing it and that to me you know it's like magic what you do up there right. because you do and you know you know you can get a little <laughs> you're not uncomfortable but but it's but it is really cool and then to sit with people afterwards you know because so you guys were there and then you know jeff and rebecca who didn't re don't really know comedy so much because they're british and the, yeah they're british, british people have no sense of humor. <laughs> but they had a, they had a good experience oh they, they couldn't wait to sit down oh, and yeah. sort of discuss it with jake yeah, they yeah. sort of you know and then you don't like to, jake doesn't like to talk well, about it i don't mind it, so. talking about it but for me to describe my experience this is like artists who don't like to talk about what their paintings mean it's like you look at it and you have an experience and who am i to say that your experience as a viewer of this thing is has to be the same as my experience sure. of doing it yeah. and i may say something about my experience of doing it that's based on kind of a deeper understanding or information that I have that you don't have and so it's all words are a metaphor for reality and so the ability to communicate what's actually going on from that point of view is it's tricky for me to try and tell an audience yeah. what, what I'm doing or a fan or sure. somebody who's watched the show but I, I will say because you said magic I think jokes are like little magic tricks. Magic tricks are you you think you're watching something and then something happens that's unexpected, that's just out of the ordinary. And jokes are like that. Right. The, the the reason that you laugh at a joke is because it's a surprise. It's like I thought there was a rabbit in there, but mm. it's, there's a car, right. you know, or, or yeah. whatever. So all jokes are really little word magic tricks. And uh, and I also feel like all comedians have their own style even if it doesn't seem like everyone has a has a way of interacting with the audience and what you want to do is get them on your wavelength and i always feel like it's a little bit like a, a hypnosis i i the first part of the show is i'm in inducting you mm -hmm. into my way of communicating and then once we're on the same wavelength if i can get the whole audience tuned in and on the same wavelength then it's almost as if I can fly around the room like a bird. It's like mm. a magic. It's this magic trick. It's you're, you something that is impossible when you start off. Like these words strung together this way. If someone else read them to you, they wouldn't be funny. But now because 
you're under my spell and you're kind of seeing how my brain works or you think you know how my brain works now these magic tricks seem more magical because mm. because you're seeing the world as i'm seeing the world or as i intend for you to see the world and then then hear these little surprises so it's like that's how it is from my point of view and i kind of feel like man halfway through that description it seems like a wank, and I just can't. <laughs> no, okay, no. I can't okay, even it's, bear myself no, trying yeah. to describe no, no, it. No, no, it's, it's so not a wank, and and that's the thing, you know. I mean, maybe yeah, less humility and you know more just do you know. But anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll have a little therapy session later. But the thing that you said as well that I think that you have and what's so good about your comedy is it's tight. You know, right. and you know, there's and no that's, rambling. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, oh, yeah. what was I going to say next? Well, yes. but there are, but there are little flourishes and there are little thing, and there's things that are happening that, to you, it seems tight, but from my point of view, there's moments even in that show where, n- not for twenty minutes or something, but for a few minutes, I'm trying something new or I'm kind of going out on a limb mm. that I haven't been out on before, and I know how to jump off that and get back to something. So to you even the things that aren't necessarily tight are tight because now the whole crowd is on my wavelength. I'm, I can experiment and try and talk about this other stuff. And uh, if all the little fireworks show magic tricks in that work and I go back to my original plan, it seems like that was also a tight part of the show. And then right. next time it will be a tight part right, of the show. Right. But for this time it was kind of improv- improvisational. And even if it doesn't work, part of feeling the crowd is you realize, oh, uh, if I keep going with this... I'm the energy's going to dissipate. I mm. need to get I need to get back to the got to blow on the, the fire plan. again. Yeah. 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 Do you ever it's probably been a while but can you remember totally losing an audience? Uh like I'm not getting them back? Well, it doesn't stand out. I mean the worst <laughs> the people are always people always kind of want to ask about hecklers and I I feel like there's very few heck what most people think of as hecklers as you know you suck somebody just being deliberately mean but most of what happens that is actual heckling or what how i would define it it's people we're just enjoying the show and they're either too drunk or too involved to realize there's other people watching and they shouldn't be talking and uh and so uh the challenge can be if you know if you can't kind of give them some attention and let them feel what it's like to have the attention and decide to kind of cool it and go back to the show. Sometimes they've got things to say that are funny. So we have a little moment and then I'm going to go on with the show. And if they don't go on with the show and, and you have to keep going back and you kind of keep getting meaner and the audience thinks that's super funny and then they realize it. But if they don't cut it out and if somebody from the club then doesn't come over and tell them, look, you have to either shut up or leave then on stage it gets harder and harder to do your act because it's yeah. like now I just got to babysit this one yeah. drunk idiot and so I have it's always a mistake if you get genuinely mad at that person because with the rest of the yeah, audience it changes the energy like right? if you just start going look you are a terrible I mean you can't you could say you are a terrible person and you should never be allowed out of the house I can't believe that you're with these other people and they're not embarrassed about your behavior you could say something like that but if you're genuinely angry and you're like fuck you you're ruining the show I need you to leave and I hate you I hate you I hate everything about you, you know it's very hard then to go back to now let me tell you about this thing that happened with my cat you know <laughs> so I've I've, yeah. I've gotten I, it's been a long time but I have gotten in that hole before oh really 
Well, it, it, it's comedy. Tough. You learn comedy by doing it. Yeah. And, and, and um, <laughs> you learn what to not to do by doing it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's such a mysterious thing. I, you know, like there, no other animal laughs that I'm aware of. Rats. No, no other animal, huh? Rats laugh. Well, There's, if you tickle them. No, 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 no. There's a thing, and and I I ha- I'll have to find this, but there was a New York Times. It was in the New York Times a couple of years ago, and it was a guy who went around the world recording really unbelievable sounds. So he's got mm. beech trees rubbing together, and he did this mm. thing. He went down to the sewers of New York, and he. Uh, recorded Funny place. this, yeah, exactly. He'll yeah, giggle a minute, and he he recorded rats, and then he put it at, at the right. You know, he had to mix it obviously to get it at the level where we could hear it. Mm. But when you listen to it, he said, you know, you could hear them communicating. But he said that sounds like laughter. That rats actually make each the other. The sound sounds like laughter. Yeah, the yeah. sound or, sounds yeah. like the rats. Or he are was laughing. convinced that the rat said something that the other rat found amusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, like I don't know of any other animal that this communicates. Tastes like shit. It is shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I I found that pretty rats. Yeah, yeah. Rat, rat jokes. Who's yeah. got them? Who's got some more rat jokes? Yeah, ratatouille. Well, the mm. thing also, I mean, rats they say are, you know the best rodent to have as a pet for human beings because they. You know they bond to you, and maybe it's because they also have sense. They're supposed to be very affectionate. Well, rats, rats. This is the thing, and this is Mm -hmm. what I say. Yeah, what is the thing? Tell us the thing. Well, rats and cockroaches, uh, they love all the stuff that we love. That's why they're around human beings all the time. They they like our food and our waste and our. They they're like hipsters. They you know nobody likes hipsters, but they like all the stuff that you like. <laughs> you know they love a good whiskey. They like a big beard. They like to eat, make homemade pickles. I love homemade pickles. They like some to... bespoke like you know. Yeah, Maybe I'm out suit. of line on. Uh, I'm working on a little hipster rat joke, but uh... <laughs> yes, it needs a little bit of work. Yeah, you lost know. the audience there. But, yeah, rat, yeah, but rats are at least they my do part like of what it. we like. You know, you can have yeah. a pet rat and feed it some of your food. Our friend Frank Gannon had a pet rat for a while. Somebody had a rat on the. On the Letterman show, and they gave it to him. And uh, well, they were just oh, gonna was... they were gonna destroy it or have oh. it put to sleep or something. And so Frank says, "I'll take the rat." And he really he liked this rat. It was they're affectionate. They recognize you. They want to come over. And but they, they only they, they, they don't only, live for very They long. only live two years, so they break your heart. Yeah, that's a, that is a heartbreak. You think a dog is a heartbreak? A rat. Mm. Well, see, I'm going the opposite direction on that. I you were talking about um, designing dogs that have like goat shit. Well, you want the dog that does. It, I yeah. would like a dog that only lives three, three, four years. Oh, you would. You think yeah. it's too much of a commitment? To yeah, have a I don't know what dog. I'm doing for the next twelve, thirteen years. Are you kidding me? For a big dog, twenty for a small dog. Yeah, I mean that's as bad as a kid. I want something <laughs> that's like cute. Gets old in a couple months and it's dead. Like, come on, give me. Well, the downside. And design it so that it's a puppy for like three and a half years. But doesn't chew anything. Doesn't chew your shoes and shit. Well, if it does it cutely. And if it really? Does, as long as it's cute. Yeah. You, you, uh, you, you're prepared to let a puppy chew those Crocs? Yeah. Your sure. beloved camo Crocs? <laughs> but you don't. Oh, but I don't you, know, Chris. But you don't want. What you don't, and then you want the quick descent, quick, to, quick death. To death. You know, you yeah. don't want to have that. You know, those dogs where you got to lift up their back legs. No, so they can walk no. well, I mean, vets will vets will help you with that quick descent. But, but 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 so many owners can't do it. I mean, I saw a woman walking a really decrepit old model the other day, and I was like, oh, honey, you really should let this poor dog go. Yeah. I mean, oh, my, this is, my neighbor, you know, my neighbor, when sad. I first moved to Santa Monica, had these two little poodly kind of dogs. They were very sweet dogs. But they both got so old, first one of them and then the other one, but they got so old that he had to put like a strap underneath their back 
hips and then hold them up like a marionette <laughs> while he was God. walking them. So he's holding the back legs up so they're off the ground. <laughs> they're and the floating. Front, and the front legs are still working and going. Yeah. And so he would take them out. You know, one of them can walk, and the other one he's got by the hips like that. And then then the the one whose hips went out died, and then the same thing happened to the other one. Well, well he already, at least had, he already had it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Something great, you know, got a twofer. I hear you, though, because... Yeah, dogs. Do, yeah, if they live a long time. I mean, if you're in a place, they should be disposable, basically. Uh, pets. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow, he's, Chris is going to make himself super popular with that one. I mean, really, well, I can, about, Yeah, about, yeah I'm not saying like a rental pet. Like you get a rental yeah. car. You're like, right. look, I'd like a dog for six months. And you pick the dog up. You, a lease to own situation. You drive them around the country in your van. You throw yeah. the stick. You have a good time. It's and my then you decide, oh, I'm going to Spain, and you just turn the dog into the dog place. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And then you come back well, and go, I'd like to get the yeah. dog back. And I go, well, we gave that dog to an old lady. So. <laughs> dog share. I mean, I, you know, I've seen We've a nine that this I would like to have time. Olive. Yeah, we like, Jake likes how often we have Olive, you know, yeah. two days dog every couple B&B. of you know, months. Yeah. I mean, I think we could have a bit more. But, um, yeah. but it's very nice because she arrives and she's all bathed and lovely and... You know, she's yeah, it's very nice to have a going. dog around or cats, but not when you want to go on vacation or you want to move or, yeah, you know. You Jake, Jake is allergic to the responsibility of the, yeah. You know, I'm a little pet. allergic to the fur, but I don't like the responsibility <laughs> because I'm the one who has to walk the dog. I'm the one who's got to walk the dog. Oh, you're so insistent that I'm... <laughs> This is what the hell? Yeah, we've just gone from up the show and you done little. Oh man! Hey, just, hey, well, we, we talked about how great you were for half an yeah, hour. Yeah, right. I mean, now it's, you can take a little how, abuse. Yeah. All right, now exactly. it's time to turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing a, we don't like about you, Jay. Eat a little bit of a shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. We've covered the good things. <laughs> the good thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uno. <laughs> no, there are good things. Yeah. You have a lot of integrity. That's uh, that was the thing I was going to say when we got onto the humility thing. Uh, There's humility, but you've got a lot of you could jettison some of the humility, but the, the you've got a nice amount of integrity. Just, Very nice. Just the it? right amount. No, that's no, no, sweet. no, not too no, much, no. not <laughs> yeah. too little. Yeah, it's all that silver Goldilocks. It's got to be just hot enough, yeah. but not too hot. Yeah. Just enough integrity, not too much. Yeah, but it's you very nice. Sucker. No, you don't want to be a sucker, but it's very nice in a husband. It's a very nice. Um, trait in a husband lover partner you know to have integrity yes well how would i know i know i know how it works well, I, when you went to the bathroom i was telling chris that when we first got together you told me that you were going to say some asshole shit because that's what comedians do yeah and it did take me a while to get used well, to it well i don't know, you know if i said oh that. is that a joke but, but oh yeah that's a joke yeah. but i'm not a, a comedian and i say asshole shit all the time yeah, but I don't it's even funny have, it's look. funny to be a bit abusive with your partner well you know it's a family like i don't know about your family but my family grew up especially my father's irish part Giving you each other ex- shit? Yeah, you express affection by giving shit. And mm. it's like, yeah. you know, we, you're showing, like, I know, you know, that I love, I love you. you because so I can, I can tell this. you how full of shit you are and I can make yeah. fun of you because we yeah. have that intimacy. Mm. I do yeah. that sometimes with people who didn't come from that kind of family and they're like, she <laughs> 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 just told me to go fuck myself and, <laughs> and hurt my feelings and I can't be friends with you yeah. anymore. And well, that, that happens often, you know, when comedians are dating someone Mm. and when you're younger you're spending more time in the clubs with the other comedians and so often you're dating someone and they're they're coming with you to be in this room full of comedians 
and they're always like, how come those guys are so mean to each other? How come you're so mean to them? And it's like, no, they like it. Right. That's, that's, yeah, we that's like what we each do. Other. Yeah. We're doing that because we're we like housing. each other. We're, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great um, career if you want to be in abusive relationships, lots of abusive relationships simultaneously. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, it's like that. It's like that thing that you see people in action movies say sometimes. This is not the first time somebody's pointed a gun at me. You know, it's like, look, you're not. I've, I've already had somebody tell me that I suck. Yeah. Or that I'm an asshole. Yeah. Or, you know, fuck you. This is you can't. And those I've things never, aren't. I've that's called not you an asshole, make, but I've never me. told you that you suck. Or have I? Have I told you that you suck? Oh, I have made a well, sucking right now. It's a little bit different in the context of a marriage. I mean, of course, those things happen. <laughs> Do you, yeah. do you think being a comedian inures you to to rejection? Oh, rejection is still hurts. I I don't like. Yeah, no. Doesn't being a human being eventually a new? I mean, it's a, it, there's so much rejection in just being a human being. Well, especially any sort of performance uh, yeah. gig, you know. Well, showbiz is showbiz is rejection. There's always something yeah. you want that you're not getting that someone else gets, and yeah. or you and know, even you if you get the show, it gets canceled, or you get the the gig, yeah. and you know they don't renew it. It's like I remember once, you know, someone yeah. telling me the third and the third and the third rule. You know, a third of the people are going to like it, a third of the people aren't going to like it, and a third of the people aren't going to know. And I'd say you're operating on a way higher that a third of the audience likes what you're doing. Oh, it's way higher yeah. than that. But if you do the third, the third, the third, it's a really great way to avoid disappointment. I had an acting teacher that used to say, to be a great actor, you have to have the heart of a baby and the hide of a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's you, you have to be vulnerable, but but you, people are going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, or try and hurt yeah. you. Things, yeah. things hurtful things are going to happen to you. Yeah. Um, I was listening to an interview with uh, Martin Short the other day, mm-hmm. also on, uh, I think, well, anyway, great, you know, great talent, amazingly successful guy. And he said, uh, yeah, I would say about 90% of my career has been failure. Shows that got canceled, shows that never got aired, you know, things that mm-hmm. just yeah, didn't sure. happen the way mm-hmm. he wanted them to happen. And that's that's Martin fucking Short, you know. Yeah. That's a it's, lot. Yeah, it's 90%, crazy. Wow. Well, but that's... Well, I mean, so what's a failure? Is, is it a failure if if they if they shoot the pilot but they don't pick the show up? Well, that was right. sort of a success. Yeah. Or is it a failure if they shoot six and they don't pick up the other six for the ha- half of the first season? Or is it a yeah. failure if you do the first season but they don't pick up a second yeah. season? Or if you do three years but you don't do enough to make it to syndication? I mean, where so you can kind of change the definition of success yeah. and failure to. Well, it's like relationships, right? Anything less than you're together until one or both of you is dead is a failure somehow. Like, that that's nonsense. Yeah. Yes, I think nonsense. that's nonsense, yeah, yeah. Do you know that, that great moment Margaret Mead, you know, Margaret Mead wrote, uh, it was an anthropologist mm-hmm. who wrote about sexuality and stuff in the 20s. And uh, she had been married three times at, and she was giving this press conference. And I guess she wrote a book about marriage and relationships and... Some uh, journalist said, excuse me, Dr. Mead, but you've had three failed marriages. Uh, don't you think it's inappropriate for you to be you know, opining on relationships? And she said, excuse me, I've been married to three fantastic men, all of whom remain my very close friends. None of those relationships was a failure. Douche. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You you. yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like how you define things. So many things. You know, with a book, you got it published. That's a success. It wasn't a bestseller. Oh, is that a failure? Like, no. 
That's nonsense. If you think that way, then your life is always well, going to be unhappy. It's thing of how much, you know, intrinsically you can, you know, feel success or how extrinsically, you know, oriented you are. Because if it's all about the external and how those things, you know, if you get the accolades, if you win the awards, then, you know, you're always going to be disappointed. But mm. if you sort of know, you know, what Jim Carrey did when he was like, I'm going to get up on stage and do the thing I love. Right. You know, and how great that was. And then see what happens. Yeah. What yeah. The... We're at an hour and 22 minutes, so we can easily say, oh, oh it's 4.07. you yeah. got to go. i got to go. You've got your next party, right? I know. Well, I had another well. podcast happening seven minutes ago. <laughs> this is this has been exciting. Yeah. And, uh... Our first three-way. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, what are we going to give it? I well, wish we you would to... stop saying three-way around this. <laughs> I really wish you would. Red rag to a bull? Oh, come on. This is like, you know, I mean, it couldn't be It couldn't be a safer three-way. He's sitting in an ar- granny's armchair over there. I'll oh, tell you what. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know, but one of the tricks of life that I know is you get people to underestimate you. I think that's what you're doing with Chris right now. You're underestimating underestimating. Yeah, no. you're not safe. You're not safe. No. <laughs> I, I, his no. charms and his wild. I'm not never safe. Going I, he gave to... me his pants. He came over here and gave I me know. the pants. I told him I liked the pants he was wearing last night. He washed them and gave them to me this morning. Yeah. That's the kind of person you're dealing with. Yeah, that's 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 some friendship. You're a good friend. Yeah. That's some generosity. That's I'm gonna spontaneity. wear around I'm gonna wear them around for yeah. a while. Next time I see you, I'll wash <laughs> them back. back. You can have them back. So we, we we'll have a three way with my pants. It's gonna be like a pants show. This drug this dog dream you've got, we're gonna do it with these pants. I'm, the orange I'm pants. Down. They're good okay. pants for it. Right. Well, thank you um, for coming over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this has been fun. So, I, I, I mean, you know, it, as a three-way, I wouldn't say it's the best three-way I've ever had, but it's a pretty good one. Yeah, well, you take what you can get sometimes. <laughs> well, it's a podcast three-way, so it's a, you know, and we're it's, keeping it seemly. It's audio. Yeah. Yeah, it's just audio. It's yeah, no, no, no video. <laughs> uh, either yeah. one. The video is the bonus content. <laughs> I almost recorded the video, but we don't have time for that yeah. or the technology. And also, we'll I don't do need anybody watching this and then masturbating or anything. <laughs> oh, come on. Too much. oh be, come on! Oh come on! That would be pretty yeah. hilarious. So, so the thing is, we didn't get on to the good things about you, Chris. So <laughs> next you know, episode. Yeah. yeah, next episode next we'll get onto that. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or the, or the one after we got to talk about the good things about you. I mean, it is a MMF three way after all. Right. You should be the center of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'd like to. I'd like. Yeah. To, I'd like yeah. to speak at that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sign off. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you, darling. Thank you. There you are, my friends, Jake Johansson and Belinda Weymouth. Uh, just wanted to come back in here and remind you to check out Belinda's show on youtube it's called the eco fix or is it echo fix i don't know how to pronounce that eco fix and uh particularly her interview with mark ruffalo which uh, she posted this morning i believe you can find her youtube.com search belinda b-e-l-i-n-d-a weymouth w-a-y-m-o-u-t-h and you can uh, watch them carry on together on their I think it's uh, Instagram Live. But anyway, search that. You'll find them. All right. I'm going to leave you as I normally do with mom talking about all her booty that she's got in the garage ready to send out your way. By the way, yesterday was my mom's 81st birthday. So it's really sweet and wonderful to have her around for her 81st birthday and she's doing great and uh she loves it when you guys 
add little notes when you order something, add a little note in there. Hey, Julie, love the podcast, <laughs> whatever. Um, she always forwards them to me and she's super, she's amazed that, uh, you know, all these people give a shit what her son has to say. <laughs> so am I. All right. That's enough. Here's mom and Carsey. Thanks for listening. Okay, mom, uh, tell people what they can order from the garage. Okay. In our cottage garage, we have lots and lots of t-shirts, sex at dawn, Civilized to Death, Vanthropology, Tangentially Speaking, Paleo Modern, and Talking Out of My Ass. <laughs> she didn't like saying that last one. Then we now have some new things added. We've got beer cozies or koozies or whatever they're called. Oh, Civilized to Death. Design. They're all Civilized That's to right. Death. We have stickers and car decals. Right? Yes. Okay. There you have it. That's Julie, my mom. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't wanna give the end away But we're gonna die one day body is an animal, doesn't ask for much, a little music and a soft touch, why don't you let it out to play, your heart is in a birdcage, singing in your chest, you wanna shut it up but give it a rest, you're gonna die one day. Go down We'll go singing to the smoke alarms We'll dance into the ground